Episode three of pre-snap motion. Uh, I, like most of you, am surprised we have stuck through it for a full 21 calendar days. Didn't think we'd get this far. Still here. Uh, <laughs> we're still here. Um, shout out, Tom. Shout out, shout out to TV12. Um, again, welcome. Episode three. Uh, as we discussed last week, we're going to dive in today to some of our futures picks, uh, MVP odds, uh, as well as offensive and defensive player of the year. Uh, we also have some news of the day, a uh, pretty eventful day. Uh, I don't know if you've heard in the NFL last week, a certain 32-year-old wide receiver that uh, when you ask most corners in the league who the best wide receiver is, they lead with this guy and then everybody else. Uh, we'll have that uh, as well as our winners and losers. Uh, as always, uh, joined here by my castmates, Hayden and Aaron. Uh, and with that, I'm going to kick it to Hayden over at the news desk to get us started. Now we're official. God damn it. I'm so glad we got a soundboard. We are official now. Yeah. All right. You say say whammy? What's your what's your catchphrase? You gotta have a catchphrase. You're gonna be the news guy. Oh boy. Um I'll I'll work on that. I don't know. (laughs) Um all right, let's start with Julio Jones. The uh the Falcons Falcons, excuse me, traded him to the Tennessee Titans along with a 2023 sixth round pick in exchange for a 2022 second round pick and a 2023 fourth round, uh, excuse me, 2023 fourth round selections. Give me your guys' thoughts. Uh, Aaron, go first. I, I definitely seems like a win-win trade for both teams. Titans uh, get a piece that they really, really needed. Um, this kind of, there was a wrench. I loved the under on the Titans. I loved the Colts to win that division because they, the Titans just had no room for error. They lost a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. So Julio Jones gives them a massive boost. Now that's going to be a real race between them and the Colts. Uh, Falcons get a huge haul uh, for a guy that they really couldn't even afford. And maybe they even necessarily didn't need at this point. I I think we're still trying to figure out if the Falcons are rebuilding or not, but either way, this, this helps them out in the salary cap now. And now they have a lot of draft capital moving forward. So win-win. Yeah, I think you're right on the uh, the Falcons front, specifically on the do they know if they're rebuilding? Um, with the trades that they could have made here, uh, we saw in the draft, quarterbacks that are available. I mean, clearly they think that Matty Ice has something left in the tank. Uh, they drafted Kyle Pitts to try to replace playmaker for playmaker. Um, I mean, there's no replacing Julio Jones, obviously, but you, you get a quote-unquote generational talent at tight end and a walking mismatch you think you can you can scheme yourself into things uh the new head coach for the falcons coming over from the titans uh arthur smith he did lead the most efficient red zone offense in the league last year um there's some debate on whether or not you'll see some regression there but i think with a uh another healthy um red zone target like kyle pitts you you should see some of that translate over is mike rabel just trying to get the biggest players like in their skill set, like not their skill set, like just the biggest freaking dudes he can at their position. He's like, Hey, I want Derrick Henry who makes Mark Ingram look like a small child. And also I just want 
AJ Brown, Julio Jones, just, you know, the biggest wide receivers in like size percentile in the league. He just wants mass. He's just like, I, I like want to see that trio on like the cover of sports illustrated at some point this summer, just three massive humans that are all also just freakishly fast and skilled. I, really low. Yeah. I mean, do you, are they just like going to call like their skill position group, like the thick boys? Like what's the, <laughs> like, what's the name? What's the nickname we're giving the skill position players for the Tennessee Titans? Man, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to chew on that one. God, just imagine like the, the back seven, like, you know, the smaller linebackers and the defensive backs having to tackle those three guys all day. That just, that sounds like a handful. Yeah. I mean, when your wideouts are effectively the size of like an average tight end in the league, I mean, nobody really wants to be a part of that. Right. And then you have Derrick Henry, who's all of, you know, that's what I'm six. saying. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. I don't want to do it. Nope. Pass. Yeah. 86 it. I'm out. Hayden, uh, thoughts I'm, on the Titans? I'm right there with you. I think it was uh, a win-win for both teams. The uh, The Falcons got him out of the NFC, which is ultimately the plan there if they were, uh, uh, were, if they were to trade him. And uh, obviously, Hall of Fame player, going to improve that offense. And I think they're going to be spicy. I know, Aaron, you're a Colts fan. Are you shaking now uh, that the Titans added Julio Jones? I, shaking isn't the right word. But like I said, I felt really good about the Titans underperforming expectations going into this year, just based on the fact that, you know, they lost Corey Davis and Johnny Smith. And, you know, we don't see running backs have very many consecutive seasons like what we've seen Derrick Henry do over the last few years, like running backs fall off the table really quick. So I was thinking, you know, we're an injury there away from the Titans essentially being dead in the water. But now you throw Julio Jones into the mix, shaking. I won't go that far, but it's it's a definite two horse race now in the AFC South. The Titans rebuilt that defense, man, that they won in spite of last year. And having an offense that looks like it has the potential to be as efficient as this one does, yeah, I, it definitely changes there. Did I go over? I can't remember if I went over or under. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember. That's okay. You know what? I went over. Until you prove me otherwise. <laughs> until someone goes back. I went over. Yeah, until someone goes back and re-listens to episode one and proves me wrong, I went over and I'm right. And I actually, yes. Uh, yeah, I, I think that this greatly improves what they're looking to do. Um, when you had one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the league last year in Ryan Tannehill, you have that running game. Uh, they get Taylor Lewan back. Um, I think the Titans are in a much better position. It all depends on if Julio stays healthy, too. He's, he's not played more than 10 games, I think, the last three years in any given season. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, is there any chance that this doesn't work out for Tennessee? I think it's worth the risk. Definitely. For yeah, what they paid, easily. it's easily worth the risk. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think even at best, if you get like three years of like combined, like 80% Julio Jones, <clears throat> that is better than what you could hope for out of any 10. second round Probably skill player. And wide receiver. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. hundred yeah. percent. All right. NFL networks, Tom Pelissero reported that Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers did not report to the start of the team's mandatory minicamp. And I, uh, I suppose that makes him uh, officially a holdout. Uh, Drew, give me your thoughts. So one, unsurprised, 
I'm, I, he, I, I don't know if he's still in Hawaii with Miles Teller anymore after the whole assault incident. Um, I, I think that probably cooled their party down a bit. Uh, I, I saw a stat that uh, the Packers now, as of today, can find him $93,000 a day for missing camp. Uh, we'll be very interested to see if they hit him with a half a million dollar bill every week that he's not there. Um, I, I think that's kind of the next stage in this, right? We saw the same thing um, in holdouts of the past uh, where once they start finding them, then it gets adversarial. Once it gets adversarial, then, then no one really wins. And it's just a flex of who has more leverage uh, for Rogers. It's, Hey, without me, you're probably going to suck. And the Packers it's, well, you're not going to play anywhere else. So it's, it's worth to the battles of will point. I, I think that at this point, Rodgers is going to show up for the first week of the preseason. Everything's going to be forgiven. He's going to play at least this year in the green and gold, and then they'll reassess and move it on for last for next year. But if Aaron Rodgers plays football this year, which I think we all agree that he will, he's going to play it uh, for the cheeseheads in on the frozen tundra, whatever other like dumbass analogy for the Packers <laughs> you want to use. This is a non-story for me. Still, I don't. I, I still don't believe for a second that Rodgers will actually miss any game time. He'll come back. They'll waive all these fines. You know, I, and that, that's, I don't know. That's really all I think about it. Like he's trying to prove his point that yes, he's really upset, but whatever. I mean, we, we get it. You're angry, but I'm still very firmly in the camp that he's not going to miss any, any real game time or anything like that. He'll be back. They won't actually hold him to these fines like they never do when they um, reunite with the player. They waive all the fines, especially for a guy like Rogers. Yeah, I, I don't want to. I don't want to spend a ton of more time on that. That's just that's what it is to me. How about how about the uh, reports that Jordan Love was just awful today in uh, in practice? I know it's early. It's June. We have a long uh, long way to go before the start of the season, but. What do you guys think on those reports? Is there anything to those? Jordan Love is my winner of the week. I actually, I, I'm going to change it up a little bit. Jordan Love is the biggest winner in all of us because he's getting his chance to shine. I mean, he's getting reps with the first team. He's getting to prove if he really is worth anything. And yeah, maybe he had a bad day today. It's it, Maybe it's kind of a risk-reward type situation for him. If he shows that he sucks, then that just, you know, further – shows how reliant they are on Rodgers. But, hey, at least the guy's getting a shot. He's getting a shot. He's getting wraps. That's all you can ask for. I've seen all the videos of him trying to do the thing where they throw the ball in the net, and, like, he didn't hit any of them in the net. And I was like, how dumb do you have to feel if you've, like, done this your entire life? And, like, you're probably like, hell, yeah, this is my moment, like, the storied franchise. And, like, this, like, simple dumbass drill, you're just like, nah, I'm actually – I'm just going to spray this all over the strike zone. <laughs> like, like um, I, I'm interested to see how he continues to develop on, like, as he gets more comfortable. I'm sure there were jitters and some weird stuff, but no, all reports look awful. The video looks awful. His footwork looks awful. And it makes you wonder, like, what, what was he doing last year? And Aaron, I actually completely disagree with you. I don't want my, my time to shine. The best job anyone has ever had in the NFL is Chase Daniels, where it's just like, oh, That's I made true. like 80 million bucks. I've thrown like 17 passes. I've been hit like four times. Like I'm just, I'm in great shape because I play in the league. And also he's 
you, you like he has to be an all-time hang like people have to think he's just the coolest fucking dude because they're like oh no 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 no, bring chase back bring chase back i like hanging out with chase in the quarterback room because at the end of the day that's all backup quarterbacks are right you're like paying for somebody to be your starting quarterbacks homie for the duration chase, of his contract chase daniels has made 34.3 million dollars and has thrown seven touchdowns in his NFL career. that's that's an absolute that's a dream that's a dream job. It's like, hey, man, we're going to pay you to work out and like be a good leader. And you're going to be done with the league. You're going to have like a speaking tour. You're, you're still a god in Mizzou. You're still a god at your, in your college town. It's like, holy shit, Chase Daniel, 10-year NFL vet. They're going to use your recruiting videos. And your body feels great. You can still play with your kids. Good for Chase. Chase in his dreams, Chase Daniels. $5 million per touchdown. It's incredible. It's a dream, uh, man. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> last bit of news, Aaron. I know you wanted to touch on the whole media availability um, yeah. storyline, I guess you could say, heading into yeah. uh, this season. Why don't you take it away there? So throughout sports, I feel like some of the most meaningless, like frustrating things are these post-game interviews where they give the same six – canned answers to every potential question that can be asked of them they're coached they're drilled down on this they sit down in the chair in front of all the reporters and the lights and they, they barely even listen to the question like they, they listen long enough to see which direction it's pointing towards and then they reach into their bag of answers and pull out the one that's most suitable and they just slap that one on there and this was all generated by the the tennis thing Naomi Osaka uh, yeah, Osaka, like, declined, dropped out, declined to do any of the media stuff, besides mental health, which, I, and, and it just got me to thinking, is there a better way that we can do this? You know, is, is there some way that we don't have to put the athlete in front of all the cameras and the lights, you know, like a prize fighter, but they can still ask the questions and allow them maybe to, maybe they answer it. You know, the questions get submitted after the game by the reporters to the press guy. And maybe the players get a chance to read the questions and then submit like a video of them answering it. It doesn't even need to be live. Just like maybe it gives them a chance to think about the question, um, produce like a more thoughtful, knowledgeable answer. Maybe they'll be more inclined to give, meaningful information or some kind of meaningful answer if they get a second to think about it and they can do it without being you know right in the limelight I don't know I was just trying to think of maybe some other potential better ways that they could do this so it would be a better experience for them and for people looking for a good quote or you know insight into what happened in the game so I'm gonna I'm gonna zag. So so one when Naomi Naomi Osaka dropped out, she she decided that mentally she couldn't handle the the stress of the reporters, etc. They forced her to withdraw from the tournament, and I believe fined her for it. All four majors fined her. So I I don't think the NFL is ever anything that strenuous. I mean I take that back. I mean they find Marshawn, but that was neither here nor there. Um, I I think that for the NFL specifically. It's about marketing their stars, your, your Pat Mahomes, your Aaron Rodgers, your Dak Prescott's. You're right. The answers are canned. You never really get anything. The relationships are almost adversarial because the, the, the beat recorder is trying to catch them in the emotion after the game where they're going to slip and say something. And then it gets torn apart on SportsCenter about why he thinks this and thinks this and thinks this. And the NFL is absolutely pumped about it. 
They could care less if these guys say something that makes one of their teammates upset. The, the more that the NFL owns the calendar in every hour of the day, the happier they are. And you see that with the dumb stuff that they do now with the, the schedule release and all these things they make events out of. So I, I, I hear you about the quality of answer with uh, ability to think on it and dwell on it. But when you're doing that, you are you're creating distance between the product and the answer and the public loses interest. The public wants to see uh, in uh, Josh Allen after DeAndre Hopkins catches that pass last year, they get absolutely gutted at the end of the game. Like the, the public wants to see that guy just absolutely have to like just crawl through a press conference. And I'm not saying it's right, but it's what the NFL wants. And I, I think that that'll, that'll stay forever as part of the game. Yeah. That, those are good points. You're probably right. They're getting the NFL is getting what they want out of it, even if the fans necessarily aren't. The fans are going to watch regardless. Yeah, and I mean, there's just star recognizability is the biggest piece. I think just having people on camera, uh, selling jerseys, etc. I mean, it's never going to be like the NBA where you have a star who can go up there and can kind of say what they want because, like, you know, LeBron James controls the game in so many ways that even if he just tells one of his teammates, like, "Yeah, kick rocks, you suck," like no one's going to say anything to LeBron James. It's not like, right. it's not like football where you've got, you know, so many guys in the locker room, you got to keep everybody happy and, you know, treat number two, just like you treat number 63 and so on and so forth. So I'll get off my soapbox. Hayden, what do you think about mental health and, uh, and, and canned answers after a game? I think zoom had a lot to do with all of this happening right now. Um, we've all been staring into our computer screens for the better part of like a year and a half now. And I'm, I'm just interested to see, even without Zoom, if it's going to carry over, because I know I've had days where I'm on Zoom for hours and hours and hours, and I feel like shit at the end of the day. And I don't really want a reporter asking me over a video call why I didn't make a play or why I, a throw that I threw got picked off or whatever. So um, I do like the idea of getting the raw emotion right after the game, but like Aaron said, and I guess Drew, you as well, you just kind of get blah answers. Uh, they don't want to, they don't want to get themselves in shit or they don't want to, I don't know, upset anybody, I guess. Yeah. I, I think those are all good points and you know, it is what it is. It's the way the league's going to continue to play it. It sells jerseys. Um, and every now and again, you get somebody who slips up and says something and you get a three day media cycle that carries you through the Thursday night football. Yeah. So, I, you know, we'll see um, as we continue to see the the player empowerment movement that we saw in the NBA slowly transition to the NFL. I'll be interested to see if that changes down the road. But as of now, it's status quo. You got to protect the shield, man. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, but with that, I, I think we're ready to transition. Uh, winners and losers this week. Who do you guys have? I've got mine, like, keyed up and ready to go. Let it fly, then. Winners, what do you got Man, it's it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. The preschool photo of it's my 17th year. My friends are Terry. If no one has seen it, please jump on Instagram. Look at it. He looks so miserable. Great beard. And also, like, I can't wait to, like, tell my kids, like, yeah, like, I went to Harvard. Like, somebody's going to be like, you have to go to college and get a, you have to go to the best school you can. I'm like, well, Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard. And he looks homeless playing football. So I don't know. You tell me. He still he still has a preschool sign. So. My teacher is Mr. Rivera. 
they uh, they released a cause. blank one as well so i'm gonna have fun uh you know editing that in photoshop to have the sign say whatever <laughs> i please so oh wow that's that's gonna be so dangerous yeah <laughs> <laughs> My name's Ryan. I never mind. I got. I, I gotta go, guys. I can't. All right. Somebody else. Somebody else go before this gets off the rails. I already covered my winner. Hayden, what do you got? Is it bad if I don't have a winner or loser? Um, I guess actually I do have one. I wrote a piece about it today on franchise tag. You guys should go check Ooh. it out. Um, Ooh. the San Francisco 49ers. They uh they lost their backup uh, offensive tackle, and uh, the guy that was um, looking to be the starting safety. So they're getting bit by the injury bug again. It's unfortunate, but uh, it's a part of the NFL. And Sounds uh, like a winner. <laughs> did I call them winners? You did. That's okay. That's oh, all right. No, no. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Everybody tried their hardest. They're all winners in our oh, books. Boy. Wow. That's, that's okay. Gonna, that's that's going to sound terrible. They are losers. Let me just clarify that. They are losers. Okay. Um, because they got hurt god you dick no no the team the team are losers because you know they i don't know they just can't get over this injury problem and it, it's unfortunate guy towards acl what a loser <laughs> i shouldn't i shouldn't no. have said anything you know <laughs> no man the to your point the niners they led the league i, I think i stole this from your article uh they led the league in guys on the ir last year um so whoever the training staff is, like, yikes. Mm-hmm. It might be about that time. Mm-hmm. But wasn't there a correlation? Like, didn't they didn't they update, like, their practice fields to turf or something? Didn't that happen? Did I dream that? Uh, I have no idea. I have no idea either, to be honest. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, so I don't, a bunch of players last year were complaining specifically about the Meadowlands because the Meadowlands changed from grass to uh, – an artificial turf and it was like terrible and and the Meadowlands had like the leading number of like knee injuries or lower body injuries per stadium last year and there was a correlation between that like in the company that made the turf and i i think the niners might have used the same company i could be completely full of shit uh hey guys go listen to episode one do not fact check me on this please thank you <laughs> moving on <laughs> I'm just gonna let me get in my love news here. So, <laughs> Arthur Smith, Arthur Smith really got a raw deal. He's a loser this week. So, Arthur Smith, we talked about him on last week's episode a little bit. He was the offensive coordinator for the Titans, did a pretty damn good job there. Got himself a head coaching gig in Atlanta. Uh, the, the ATL to Tennessee connection strikes again this episode. He goes, and I don't, maybe he knew this. I don't know. I don't think it was like very well known at the time that he signed the deal to go be the Falcons head coach. But as an offensive guy, he leaves the Titans, goes to Atlanta thinking he's going to have Calvin Ridley and Hall of Fame, future Hall of Fame wide receiver, Julio Jones. Not only does Julio Jones leave, but he goes to the Titans where he just left. And now they have like arguably the three best best you know the best trio of skilled players in the league so that's gonna be kind of brutal for him to see that happen i mean that's I mean, life well but that sucks for him i mean is it because he's absolutely getting paid now i mean the whole point of being a good offensive coordinator and winning is so that you could be a head coach somewhere 
We have, but also like we talked about, his dad's the CEO of FedEx. He probably doesn't really care about money that much. Was oh, this that guy? This is that guy? Yeah. Oh wow! Airmail just just jumped on a cargo jet, flew over Tom Hanks and Castaway style. Look at this guy. <laughs> Look at this guy go. Um. Well, I you know what I my loser of the week is Hayden for calling all of the Niners who got hurt losers. That's, <laughs> You know what? Looking back, that's that doesn't sound very good. That doesn't sound very good. <laughs> it's like you tore your ACL. What a bum! What, yeah, um, what a fucking no, man. <laughs> uh, no, man. I actually, you know what? I don't. I don't have a loser this week either. It's, just, it's been a slow week in the NFL. I mean, really, the the loser, I guess, it's just the Falcons as an organization, right? Arthur Blanks, like. Uh, that sucks. Now he gets to walk down to the field like five minutes earlier to stand that while his team gets absolutely waxed on the sidelines. But he always looks good as shit. So like I can't even front. Like he's just like, oh yeah, this is a red velvet like tuxedo. Like kiss my ass. I found it Home Depot, and I'm like, yeah, all right, good call, Arthur. Do whatever you want, man. I assume he wears a monocle like Monday through Friday most of the time. Just, just casually, just like, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, hundred and ten percent. Face of wealth. <laughs> a monocle? That's the face of wealth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus God. All right. Okay. We're off the rails. Aaron, futures. Take us back, Marty McFly. Take us back. We don't want a word from our sponsor. Oh, we don't have any. Uh, let's uh let's I'm gonna start I'm gonna start making up just like bullshit sponsors. Okay. Like, like, oh yeah, uh, this week's episode is sponsored by Wixler's Pet Supply. We got the feed that you need. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's go big and let's start with MVP. Uh, top two guys, as you might expect. Patrick Mahomes is leading the betting here. He's plus 500. We have last year's MVP, A-Raj, plus 900. Josh Allen at 13, Brady at 14, Dak at 15, and then it gets real dicey. Uh, what are you guys thinking? Do you have somebody in mind? Are you going chalk with Mahomes, or do you think we're going to see a dark horse maybe emerge and take over as MVP this year? Um, I... I like Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's Patrick Mahomes. I think that's good enough of a reason. A new offensive line, tons of offensive weapons for him. But if I had to pick a dark horse, I'd go Ryan Tannehill. Why not? He's getting getting Ooh. Julio Jones, AJ Brown. Why not? Why can't he be the uh, the MVP of the league? Ryan Tannehill. Imagine that headline. Wow. I'm I'm with you on Mahomes. I know it's a boring answer, but He's, he's easily the best bet. You know, he gets Kelsey and Tyreek back. He gets his coaching staff back. They rebuilt the offensive line, and that was like his, his biggest problem last year was, you know, getting being under pressure so quickly. So ideally or, or theoretically, he'll have a little bit more time this year. Uh, and he's probably going to be a little bit hungrier hungrier this year after, uh, after not winning MVP and not winning a Super Bowl last year. If he's the best quarterback on the planet, you know, let's see it. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like Mahomes. you know, if we're just going straight up winner, but, but dark horse, if we're going to go deep, um, I'm, I'm a little interested in Russell Wilson at plus plus 2000, Ooh, interesting. um, 
it's hard to ignore. He's been very vocal. It's been very well documented. He's lobbied to, um, to be considered for this award for a long, long time. He gets his starting wide receivers back. Metcalf has another year of kind of figuring out how to run NFL routes and NFL defenses under his belt. He's the, like the biggest freak potentially in the, in the NFL. Uh, they upgraded a little bit at tight end. They got Gerald Everett. So yeah, if you want to, you know, he's plus 2000. He's like eighth. I think, you know, if you, if you want to go long shot, their defense sucks. So they're going to be in a lot of shootouts. He's going to have a chance to put up some serious video game numbers. If, uh, if he can stay upright. So Sure. Patrick Mahomes, I get it. I actually think that they're like the lead candidate. We're so good. We're probably going to coast for so much for a good portion of this year. I I really like they've hit the level of good where they know that they can just turn it on whenever they need to and like pull themselves back into games. Um, Almost like God, it's almost like the Warriors for like that three year stretch in the NBA where it's just like, hey, oh, we're down 15. All right, we'll throw some points here real quick. I, I wonder if his stats will suffer because of that. Um, and also, I, I think that Andy Reid just doesn't – with an extra, like, week added in, like, I, I just don't know how much they're going to show throughout the regular season. Like, they just keep it vanilla for the first nine weeks and just, like, whatever happens, happens. Um, number that – or player that I'm actually really intrigued by, Kyler Murray at plus 2,000. Um, improvement of the offensive line. They get Humphreys back at left tackle. He missed a good portion of last year. Well, we talked a bit about like what we didn't like and how they added AJ Green, et cetera. Uh, love Rondell Moore. They still have DeAndre Hopkins. And to your point, I think they're going to be down a lot. Um, as long as he stays healthy. We saw it last year, the first uh, seven or eight games of the year that he was just absolutely on fire and electric and like the cool, shiny new toy, like what we saw with Lamar Jackson, et cetera. Um, as long as he doesn't get dinged up like he did last year, I, he might put up absolute just goofy numbers. An, another kind of dark horse to take a look at, Matt Stafford in L.A. I think he's going to put absolute just bonkers numbers up this year. I don't hate that one. I think that uh, the, as much as the Rams have poured into their current roster, it's basically Super Bowl or bust for the Rams right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, Stafford's never had an offensive-minded coach like McVay. He's never had the wide receiver room that he has now. So I, I, I don't hate the Stafford. The Murray thing is a, is a little um, – I, I, I'm not sold on that one particularly. If, Mur- but, if, if Murray throws like 33 tutties and runs for like 1,000 yards, like you're just, you're just writing that off altogether, like that, that just won't happen. I feel like if he runs for a thousand yards, the chances of him staying healthy for 17 games is like 22% or something like that. I mean, he's, I have him at plus 2,300 and I get it. Maybe there's some value there. I could see him having like a Michael Vick season. I get that as a long shot. It's just probably not where I'm going to be putting my, putting my long shot future on. Yeah. I'm I'm putting my long shot. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. I'm pretty sure we spent like half an hour shitting on the Cardinals last week. So I was going to say, it's interesting. Yeah. No one's going to listen to that episode. All right. No one gives a shit. Think about no one the, gives. Think about the defenses in that conference. I mean, he's got a real uphill battle <laughs> for MVP playing Aaron Donald and Nick Bosa all year long. Like, that's, yeah. that's not going to be easy. How about Dak? Do you guys like Dak at all? I thought about that. Yeah, I did. He has 
fantastic wide receivers. They have a good offensive line. I guess, you know, I'm not sure if he'll be fully healthy, um, but it's, what, he's plus 1,500? He's got a shot. I still, this still feels almost too chalky. Like, I might as well go Mahomes, and if I'm going to go deep, I'm, my money's on Russ. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't think the Cowboys will be good enough for them to pro, pro produce the MVP candidate. If you're looking for a, uh, a really real long shot, uh, ben Roethlisberger, plus 10,000 out there. Here we go. Old, yeah, old, <laughs> old chicken wing Ben, baby. Wing, wing stops, number one sponsor. This is an absolute joke. If, if send, the money to, send the money to me before you send it to whatever your bookie is for this. Dear God, I'll feed like pygmies in New Guinea or something with it. I, I... <laughs> Drew, how about Kirk Cousins, MVP? Plus 5,000? Oh, oh Jesus. Same thing. You mail me the money. You send me the money, Hayden. Send me your plastic Canadian dollars and I'll do something with them. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate the, the defensive betting. It's like, you never know. It's so hard to tell what these guys, like how it's going to work out. I don't know. It's so hard. You just assume it's going to be like the guy that gets the most sacks, basically. I, I'm pretty so, sure that the defensive, oh, we're talking about defensive player of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I made a pretty oh. just transition there. Oh yeah, it's it's Aaron Donald or Miles Garrett. Like, look no further. Like, that's one of those two people. I don't know why we're talking know. about this I, in I any other. Joey Bosa, a little bit at plus fourteen hundred. I think he is going a little bit under the radar since he's coming off injury. Hopefully, they'll be in some positive game scripts so he can just kind of pin his ears back and run. He he might he he has a chance to lead the league in sacks. No, I think he'd be dumb not to bet Darnold. Definitely. Yeah, Aaron, Aaron Donald is the most valuable player in the sport outside of like six quarterbacks. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure that if you had a fantasy draft and like everyone was just out there, like I don't think he would get out of the top ten. And it's definitely going to be some guy like God, like Dan Campbell, the goat Dan Campbell, who's like, you know, who I need stuff the trenches, Aaron Donald. We need men, we need masks, we need ball players. Uh, Miles Garrett. Uh, my my wife great uh showed me a picture of like a miles gear workout that man is fucking terrifying oh yeah yeah i want nothing he's an absolute tree of a human I, i'm wasn't he playing basketball oh, it, or something too i i'm not i'm not playing basketball with miles Garrett. no is he one of the fucking monsters in space jam is that who he is <laughs> i want nothing to do with that guy he's terrifying yeah he's he's he, well, he's got what, like a seven foot wingspan? I mean, dude, get real. He's an absolute tree trunk. I got to backtrack. I was hoping somebody would mention the Lions on this podcast. I meant to ask you guys last week when we were going over the NFC Can you name a single Lions wide receiver? Whoa. No chance. Is, no. is Danny Amendola still on the team? Um, hold on. <laughs> hold, please. Uh, Danny Amendola is not on the team anymore. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Um, all right. Do I get, do I get multiple guesses? Sure. Yeah. If you can name one. Yeah. Can you, can you name a Detroit Lions wide receiver? This is off topic. Sorry, but I had to do That's, it. Did they, did they sign Rashad Perryman this off season? Did I dream they, that? They did. Nope. Let's, they did. let's go. BP Rashad Perryman, Detroit Lions. Their starting wide receivers are Tyrell Williams and Brashad Perryman, and their slot guy, wait for it, Quintez Cephas? 
literally never heard of this person before. He's the pride of he's the pride of Wisconsin. Go Badgers. On is Wisconsin. He, yeah. Is, he went to Wisconsin. Oh my god. 110%. That's his yeah, last name I, sounds like something I, I don't was, want to catch. <laughs> yeah, dude. What's his I, what number is he? Give me his number. What number does he wear? Dude. Oh, they gave him like double zero. I don't know. Okay. I was just really hoping it was 19. So it was like Cephas 19, next pandemic. Watch out. He's 87. QC. Cephas 87. They call him quality oh. control. Quintez Cephas. Oh, mother of God. Who else <laughs> is on that team? Now I'm curious. Don't. It's it's really sad. Don't do it. I took I took the I took the over, man. I, I need yeah, to know. The did. people need to know. <laughs> I better check who's on their roster now that I took the over. Whatever. Look, I just want a reason to cheer for Dan Campbell. That's literally it. I I will set another another over under. I'll set another future today. Uh, what? Somebody give me the odds that Dan Campbell physically assaults a ref at some point during this season. <laughs> It'll probably be a gimmick as like an attraction to come to the game or something. Like the way he's operating. I don't know. Well, uh, was it Urban Meyer just had a promo with AEW Wrestling where they like yeah, fought in his office? Did yeah. you see it? So then he so then he handed a computer to the guy to hit another computer. And I'm like, oh, that's what he did for Cam Newton. Like that all of a sudden makes sense. He was like, no, Cam, just take this computer. <laughs> it will send you to JUCO like across the country. <laughs> I feel like Dan Campbell's gonna be like Jackie Moon from Semi Pro. So Oh yeah, dude, I can't wait. I, I cannot wait. The 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 game the Vikings play them in Detroit, I am 1 million percent going to that Lions game. <laughs> and it's, I'm sitting behind the Lions bench. Like, I don't give a shit. Those tickets are $14 because no one wants to go to a Lions game. I am going. I just want to see Dan Campbell in person. I might even pay for field passes, man. I don't know. <laughs> and I'm going to look this man dead in the eye, like on my podcast. And he's like, the radio show? And I'm like, no, it's a, it's a different for If it's fine, Dan, don't worry. Football guy. <laughs> Peak football guy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get back on track. Let's talk offensive rookie of the year. All eyes are pointing to Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence is plus 270, an overwhelming favorite to win this award, followed by Justin Fields, plus 500, Zach Wilson at 700, uh, Lance at 750 and Mac Jones at 950. I have a really hot take on this one, but why don't you guys go first? Go ahead, Drew. So, like, it's only going to be a quarterback. Like, just accept it, move on, bet on no one else. If Justin Jefferson can't win last year yeah. versus Justin fucking Herbert, there is no hope. There's no other skill position player in this class is going to have a year like Justin Jefferson had last year. It just is what it is. Um, I actually really like Zach Wilson. I think they're going to be down on a lot in games. Um, I, I think that he has like just some really supreme arm talent. Um, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. If you want to bet the favorite, I get that. But I think we kind of talked about this last week. Um, th- there's probably going to be, they've got some good running backs in Jacksonville uh, in Henderson. They drafted ETN. Um, I'm not going to be surprised if uh I'm sorry, James Robinson. I said Henderson. I'm not going to be surprised if they kind of like ease him in, try to simplify the game for him, uh, limit some of the numbers of throws he's making just to keep his confidence up and continue to build him the right way. If we learned anything about New York, they're just like, fuck it, figure it out. And they just like drop him in back there. And they're just like, yeah, man, make some wild throws. We'll see what happens. Um, so Zach Wilson, plus 800. 
Uh, that's is it plus eight hundred? Is it higher than that? It's plus eight hundred. Yeah, that's my pick, man. Yeah, I I like Justin Fields. I talked about it last week. I think he's going to be fairly good for Chicago, and I could easily see him winning the uh, offensive rookie of the year come February. So I'm with you on kind of shying away from Lawrence on this one. You you just look at where they spent their money and where they you know what they did with their draft picks in Jacksonville. They built this team to have to play rock fights. Like they they want they want to get in a rock fight with you. They spent so much money on defense. They have Etienne and, and Robinson in the backfield, like you said. Like I don't think they want to put too much on Lawrence to be chucking the ball all downfield. It just seems like they're going to run this RPO offense. They're going to ball control, run the clock, you know, play solid defense. It just doesn't seem like they're going to just, you know, let Lawrence go crazy in his first year. And I've mentioned this before. If he gets nicked up, they're going to sit him. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I guess one other thing on the uh, on the Wilson front, Denzel Mims and Corey Davis are not a shabby, like, wide receiver duo to be throwing to. They're going to release Jamison Crowder, so I don't know who their slot guy is going to be. Um, It'll be Elijah but, Moore. I, I, I like Chris yeah. Herndon, too. I like Chris yeah. Herndon, too. Yeah, they've got Beckton. They brought in Vera Tucker, who who I liked a lot in the draft. Short arm, stubby arm, Vera Tucker, SVT, S A V T. Um, but uh, the rest of the offensive line, the right side wasn't great, but it was league average. I think if they can shore up the left side with Vera Tucker, if he's at least league average as far as performance, all of a sudden, like their offense looks not awful. Um, and their defense wasn't why they lost games last year. I don't know. I think they're going to be in a lot of like, maybe not competitive games, but he's going to get a chance to air it out and put some like real, real nice numbers up. And I like Robert Sala as well. All right. Before I get into my really hot take on this one, I feel very strongly about who's going to win this award and I'm going to have some actual dollars on it. Uh, so Kyle Pitts is, is not my pick, but just pointing this out, he is the, he has the best, odds of any non-quarterback to win offensive rookie of the year the last tight end to win offensive rookie of the year was mike ditka in 1961 chicago bears (laughs) (laughs) i just thought that was a fun fact second point of trivia is something i actually want to ask you guys uh you you two in particular if that gives you any hints jesus okay 1993 there have been Four non-quarterbacks to win offensive rookie of the year. So basically, it's been either a quarterback or a running back 24 to the last 28 years. The other four times, it was wide receiver since 1993. How many of those four, gay, four guys, if any of them, can you name? Uh, I mean, Randy Moss won in 98, did he not? Randy Moss. Yeah, Randy that's Moss. A, that one's a no-brainer. Absolutely. Um, so since 93? Since 93. And it's strictly offense. Offensive rookie of the year. Odell Beckham Jr. Was he one? Odell Beckham Jr. You got two. Uh, Calvin Johnson? Calvin Johnson, Calvin question Johnson Did not win it, no. Okay. Um, oh, dude, that's that's tougher than I thought it would be. Yeah. All right, so An- Anquan Bolden won it in 2000. Oh. And you guys are going to love this one. Percy Harvin, 2009. Oh, oh my You're god! Wow, you're right. On the offensive rookie of the year, dude. Yeah. He was he was a bona fide problem. He was very good. 
He, and then he was like just the ultimate gadget guy. Anyway, yeah. let's get serious right now. Mac Jones is going to win the goddamn offensive rookie of the year. Mac Jones. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm just warning everybody. And I hate to say this. I'm a Colts fan. I don't, I don't enjoy saying this. The Patriots are back. The Patriots are back. They have the best coach in the league and they're going to be, they're going to cause a lot of issues for a lot of people this year. I think it is very far from a sure thing that, that the bills win that division. So last year, they had they gained the 15th most total offensive yards with Cam Newton. Josh McDaniels drugged the corpse of Cam Newton and a bunch of nobody wide receivers that I couldn't even name at this point to gain the 15th most yards in football. So now let's take a look at what they did this offseason. They added Mac Jones, who I, he's going to win the job over Cam. I don't buy that bullshit that this is a QB battle thing. Mac Jones is going to take that job. They added Hunter Henry and Johnu Smith at the tight end positions. They added Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar at wide receiver, which isn't anything really flashy, but it's an upgrade to the talent they had. They're, they're coming to win. They, Bill Belichick had one year of losing, fucking hated it, and they're ready to go scorched earth and take back this division, make it back to the playoffs, and restore the Patriots to their winning ways. And a lot of this is going to be Mac Jones slinging the damn ball around the yard. And at plus 950, I love it. I love it. I'm, I'm all in on Mac Jones' offensive rookie of the year. I can see it. Yeah. Yeah, I 110% can see it. Uh, when you said Nelson Aguilar is an upgrade, the co- an upgrade, the collective Philadelphia metropolitan area – rolled their eyes like so many that video of the guy who saved a kid in the like the out of the fire and he was like i caught it unlike nelson aguilar like (laughs) (laughs) and i'm sure i mean dude philly is such a dumpster fire like i said like 15 people listen to this pod like philly fucking sucks they're not any good they're terrible as a football team no all all of the above i will go on a 15 minute rant about why i can't stand the city of philadelphia please do not get me started (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I will tell you over a beer how much I disdain the people in the city. Just a bunch of dirty water fucks, man. All of them. <laughs> All right, let's move on from the city have, of Philadelphia. I have one, I have one more thing. Uh, I have one more thing on offense. Hit me, rookies. hit me, Hayden. What Maybe do you, got? you guys can try to explain this to me. But how does Najee Harris have better chances or odds rather than Jamar Chase? Can can somebody try to explain that to me? Uh, because he's a running back, it's just easier for running backs to win this award. And he's the bell cow in a run heavy offense. I mean, why do we do this? Why do we do this? Why do we still think that, that Pittsburgh is like some run heavy offense because you watched like highlight films of Franco Harris in the seventies. They have been like, they have been like the 20th or worst running football team for like 12 years. Le'Veon Bell was like the leading rusher in football 10 years ago. You f- I'm, I, I'm talking about in like attempts a game. Like we have this philosophy where it's like Pittsburgh just pounds. Like they've not done that in years. You're right. Go ahead. Look this up. <laughs> I, <laughs> like, we, like we do this where it's like, oh, yeah, the steel curtain. Like these guys are just going to, you know, three yards on cloud of dust, ball control. Like they've, they have been a like 20th or lower rushing attempt per game offense for ever. I'm waiting. 
I, I, I play the Jeopardy theme song while this dipshit tries to find this stat. Just allow me to look for a little bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> when was right. Ray Van so good? I don't remember. Uh, it, I mean, it was it was five or six years ago, probably 2017, 2016, 2017. But regardless, they weren't a volume running team then. I mean, he got his X amount of carries, but they used him in so many different ways. I The year that they had him and... D'Angelo Williams, I thought they ran the ball quite a bit. All right, go to the um, next thing. I'm 14th in 2016. Moving on, moving on. This isn't fun to listen to. Yeah, uh, get out of here. Defensive, defensive rookie of the year. Um, the linebacker for the Cowboys slots in with the best odds at plus 550. Uh, the Colts get Liddy with Quiddy Pay plus 850. Uh, the Joker for Cleveland. I don't know what they call that guy. The, the, Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa plus uh, 900. Nate Jamin wrote a really interesting article about him. You should check that one out. Can't wait. Jamin Davis plus 900 and Jalen Phillips plus 900. Any strong feelings? Oh, Patrick Sertan, whatever, plus, plus 1,100 a cornerback, which I don't see that happening. But, yeah, what do you guys think there? Uh, defensive player of the year is just like a mixture of like talent meets opportunity. Um, this is rookie, I, defensive rookie of the year. Um, excuse me. Defensive rookie of the year yeah. is a mixture of talent and opportunity. I'll repeat it. I don't care. I'll say it twice for the guys in the back of the room. It's still true. It's still true. I mean, it is. Uh, Parsons is going to slot in and be the starter there like right away uh, and play a meaningful role in that defense. Um, I could say the same thing about uh, Jalen Phillips. Um this one, I would probably just lean chalk. I mean, it's probably just going to be Parsons. That defense was awful last year. So any meaningful improvement that he can provide in terms of like number of tackles, whatever, it's just straight to the bottom line. So yeah, I, I would probably be really boring and do chalk here. Um, if you're looking for somebody who's a couple steps back, uh, both of the corners, JC Horn and Patrick Sertain, um, I, if I remember correctly, in the like mid-teens, there was a run on like rookie defensive backs who were – who, who won this award. Both of those guys are absolute ball hawks. Both of them are dominant at the line of scrimmage uh, in a really pass happy league. If one of them turns in like a, like 50 tackle and like five interception campaign, like they'll probably get noticed and they're going to be trailing, you know, good receivers. Most of the time they're going to get their fair share of opportunities. Yeah. I mean, cornerbacks have won this award. Marcus Peters, Marshawn Lattimore. There was somebody else in the last five or six years. Like it's not, yep not uncommon for, for a CB to win. I, I'm looking at the, the edge rushers though. I think there are two edge rushers with really good opportunity. Like you said, talent and opportunity. The first one I'm looking at is Jalen Phillips in Miami. So this, this is, this was like one of the most high risk, high reward picks of the whole draft. This is a guy who medically retired because of too many concussions from, I don't know, somebody at West, like Stanford or UCLA or something like that. Um, Didn't he go? UCLA. He, he retired from UCLA and then went to Miami. And then, right and then went to Miami. So this guy, if he was fully healthy, he wouldn't have even lasted until the 18th overall pick. He probably would have gone top five. But because of the medical concerns, he dropped down to, I think he went 18th overall. If he can stay on the field and stay healthy, yeah, he, he could have a double-digit sack season. They're slotting him right in on the edge. Uh, I, I could absolutely see him causing some havoc, getting eight, nine, ten sacks, and, and winning defensive rookie of the year. The other guy, 
call me a homer. Quiddy Pay's got a shot too. Um, the Colts have a pretty solid defensive line. They have DeForest Buckner just swallowing up guards in the middle, and he's going to get a lot of one-on-one action against the tackle on the outside um, to be able to pin his ears back and go to work. So, yeah, Jalen Phillips at plus 900, and then a Quiddy Pay at plus 850. Those are the two guys that I'm looking at. Quiddy's just really unrefined. Uh, there, it's just there's a lot of physicality to his game that he kind of depends on, and I, he, he's going to have to add – some moves to the rotation uh, and stop stop working his bull rush so much, particularly in the league uh, where he sits. I, I watched an inordinate amount of Quiddy Pay film when I was writing that draft series article for Franchise Tag. Um, his strength is pretty incredible, but I, I would almost worry about like the Jadavian Clowney syndrome where like he's dependent on that so long and how long does it take for him to add other stuff? But anyways, Hayden, I cut you off. Sorry, brother. No, it's all good. I like Jalen Phillips as well. Uh, 45 total tackles last year, eight sacks and interception. I think he's going to do good things for the dolphins. I, I don't know. It, it's such a toss up really like an injury to a couple of guys on this list. And then it's just, it's blown up. Right. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I, I, I like Jalen Phillips. Um, I think Quiddy Pay has the opportunity, but you make good points, Drew. And I don't mind Sertain at, uh, in Denver either. Uh, four forced fumbles, four interceptions uh, during his college career, a touchdown last season. I, I, don't, I don't mind him. I think he could be – he could slide in there come February for sure. All right, let's put a bow on it. Comeback player of the year, Dak – Leading the odds, plus 175. Saquon, plus 600. Burrow and CMC, also plus 600. Nick Bosa, Carson Wentz, and then it gets real dicey. Uh, do you think you guys thinking Dax is shooing for this? I wrote a piece on this on Franchise Tagged. Uh, I do think Dak, Dak is going to win it. Uh, he's got, I think, the best situation around him, and he, he was so good at the start of last season that if he comes back at that same level, then he's clearly going to win comeback player of the year. Uh, mm-hmm. I also like, I like Joe Burrow as well, just because I, I like the thought of Joe Burrow. I like the thought I, I of Joe Burrow. Burrow. I love Joe Burrow yeah. so much. He's just such a ball player. Yeah, I, I put it away. Jesus Christ. He just, he'll, he'll just hang in the pocket, take those hits to make the throw. I don't know. I, I just like the guy. Call me sentimental, but you know, they added Jamar Chase and they have Tyler Boyd and T Higgins. You know, he's got some guys to throw the ball to. Dak is absolutely odds on favorite and most likely will win this. But if I had to pick somebody to potentially unseat him, I'm looking at I'm looking at Joey Burrow. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you on that. Uh first off, let's just get this out of the way and just rename this the Alex Smith Award. Like it, it's going to just be the Alex Smith comeback player of the year award. Like let's Can just see- yeah, uh, make the trophy, get it over with. Come on, Roger, get it done. Protect the shield, do the thing. Um, but secondly, uh, it's Dak Prescott barring injury, and that just is what it is. I mean, we were one of us said maybe an MVP candidate in Dak Prescott, and if you can in one breath say he might win the MVP and then he won't win the comeback player of the year, uh, no, none of it. It's him. Uh, I guess you're right. It might be Burrow if. Uh, if there's an injury to Dak, uh, you're probably, I, I would agree with you, at least on that. Uh, another one to think about, um, if there is, for whatever reason, injury to Dak Prescott, God forbid, Saquon Barkley at plus 600. Yep. 
Saquon might go for like 1,800 yards from scrimmage this year just because he feels like it. I'm really hoping he has like a fully healthy year so we get 17 games just to take one. I mean, the kid, he's such a good kid. He deserves it. The Giants fans, God, they don't, they probably don't deserve it, but uh, I'm, I'm sure they'd love to see it and so would everybody else. So, defensive yeah, selfishly. Players, oh, sorry. Uh, nope, defensive nope, nope. players only won this award three times since the 2000 season. But I think Nick Bosa, if you want to go like a real dark horse, could, uh, could possibly win this award. Uh, he was an impact player in his rookie season. And uh, if he comes back healthy and ready to go, I think he could be a solid dark horse for this. I get Fair that. Enough. I get that. Huge quads on him too. Just a yeah. big leg committee, man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what's that? Trunk team. Trunk team. All right, guys. Well, I think that wraps up episode three of uh <laughs> free staff motion uh we come at you live again next tuesday uh topics tbd we're gonna see what the week brings us we'll definitely have our news our winners and losers the week might be a little light uh searching for a guest i think we might have an inside look at an nfl franchise maybe question mark we'll see um with that uh enjoy your week uh stay safe uh enjoy the sunshine uh and as always drew signing off with uh hayden aaron oh one last thing uh, give us a follow uh, at pre-snap motion on Twitter. Um, and if you have any questions for the team here, this, this esteemed group of gentlemen, uh, pre-snap motion at gmail.com. Fire them away. I dare, and we... I dare you to tweet at me. Oh, Twitter. Yeehaw. All right, guys. Enjoy your week. Talk soon. Yeah. Bye, mom. <laughs>